Niners fans. It's time once again to talk UTEP football. 600 ESPN El Paso, Van Wagner, and Coors Light are proud to present UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. UTEP football with Dana Dimmel is sponsored by Oscar Arrieta Allstate Insurance, Aspalmas Del Sol Healthcare, by Miller Coors, Moe's Southwest Grill, by Pepsi, your El Paso Las Cruces Chevy dealers, by Schlotsky's, State Farm. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And by Truly Nolan. Now, let's join Coach Dimmel and your host, the voice of the UTEP Miners, John Teicher. And hi once again, Miner fans. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to another edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel as we come your way live from the Larry K. Durham Center, just footsteps from the UTEP football offices on the north end of the Sun Bowl Stadium. And as we do each and every week during the season, we'll spend the next hour talking UTEP football with you and with the head coach of your UTEP Miners, Dana Dimmel. The Miners are back home this week following their first road game of the season, and they will welcome the Wildcats of Abilene Christian to the Sun Bowl Stadium at 7 o'clock this coming Saturday night. Uh, More on that a little bit later on. We'll preview the Miners and the Wildcats. We'll look back to last week's game, uh, the Miners and the nationally ranked Texas Longhorns from Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium. And, of course, your questions and comments during the hour as well. Easy to get through, either 880-5763 if you'd like to pick up the telephone or tweet me on Twitter at UTEP Minor Voice. Just pass along your questions or comments that way, and we'll be happy to pass them along to Coach Dimmel. So much to get to as the Miners uh, try and go 2-0 and at home for the first time in a decade and try and go 2-1 and one on the season for the first time since their bowl season of 2014. So lots to play for as the Miners return home to take on Abilene Christian at 7 o'clock this coming Saturday. So let's take our first time out. And when we return, Coach Dimmel joins me, joins you, and we'll talk a little UTEP football on this Wednesday night edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center, presented by Coors Light, back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. 600 ESPN El Paso presents UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. And we're presented by Coors Light. Welcome back to the Larry K. Durham Center in this week's edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. Again, 7 o'clock this Saturday, second home game of the season. The Miners and the Wildcats of Abilene Christian we will have more on the uh, Wildcats a little bit later on. But I uh, want to remind you that the gates will open at 5 p.m. The parking lots and the south and north end zone box offices will open at 4 p.m. on Saturday. But uh, we advise you to get your tickets in advance. You can do so in three ways. You can call 747-UTEP. That's 915-747-UTEP. Go online to utepminers.com slash tickets or email tickets at utep.edu and you'll get your tickets on your phone digitally. Mobile ticketing is now uh, the rage at uh, the University of Texas at El Paso. And again, you buy your tickets remotely this year, and there's only a $2 fee, a processing fee, that goes with it. All of the fees that uh, used to be associated with UTEP tickets have disappeared 
with the exception of the $2 fee, regardless of how many tickets you order. So make plans to join us. The Miners and Abilene Christian supposed to be a good night on uh, Saturday. Second home game of the season as the Miners try and go 2-0 and at home for the first time in uh, 10 years, and let's see if they can do it the Miners and the uh, Wildcats of Abilene Christian. But Coach uh, Dibble joins us first. Uh, good to be back uh, with you, and uh, good to be uh, talking about another uh, home game coming up this Saturday. Sure. Looking forward to getting back at home and uh, having a chance to play in front of the fans and be in the Sun Bowl that looks so beautiful tonight as we do the show overlooking the Sun Bowl. It's just a beautiful night here. Absolutely. And again, uh, we'll look ahead uh, in just a little while, but first a uh, look back at the uh, game in Austin on uh, Saturday, the Miners and the uh, Texas Longhorns nationally ranked. It was their season opener. You knew it was going to be a challenge, and uh, it was all of that and more. Yeah, it was. They came out and had that big play on the first play of the game, and that's obviously not the way you want to start a game uh, in that type of an environment. And uh, after that, we came out offensively and didn't have a very good first series, and they got the ball back and scored again. And the game really got out of hand quickly, and I just um, I just didn't think our guys handled it well. You know, the the didn't start well, and we just didn't handle handle the situation or the environment as well as I thought we might have. And so a lot of learning went on. You know, Tysh, we sat here a week ago and said, okay, well, let's look at this game and what can come from it. And and some of the things that we wanted to come from it came from it. As far as we learned, we saw some things we definitely wanted to work on and get better at, but we also played a lot of young guys and got a lot of young guys work. And to be quite honest with you, Tysh, it got to a point about middle of the third quarter where we took out our starters and we put in our seconds and thirds. And on the call sheet, I started looking at calls, and I'm like, well, I don't want to call that because why use that now? I don't sure. want to call that. Why, why put that? it on video? Yeah, why put it on video right now, you know? And so it got to that point where it was more, you know, let's just let our young guys work a little bit and get, get some good experience. And I thought a lot of them did, and a lot of them shi- sh- uh, showed up and shined in that environment. Daryl K. Royal, uh, Texas Memorial Stadium. It is a big stage, and I'm sure a lot of your kids who were playing on the road in college in particular for the first time had eyes this big. Yeah, exactly, and that's part of it. And for me, it's hard for me to understand it because for me it's not, sure. you know what I mean? It's just a, it's it's not that type of a stage. And But I think for sometimes it's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of some of these young guys that have never, you know, we got so many new and young guys that haven't played in this in that type of a setting. And, and, they, and they were prepared and they were ready to play, but I think when it got out of hand a little bit early, we fell behind, things just started to spiral a little bit, and, and uh, you know, that's where I saw it stepping in and doing that. And we had talked about Texas had hammered a lot of people, right? They did to us what they did to most everybody. They did to our divisional champion last year. They got after La Tech and, and was ahead of La Tech at 38 to nothing at one point during the ball game, you know, so it's not anything that – and they're a much – and Texas is a much better team this year, Tyson, than they were last year. It's not even comparable. So um, when you put – when I told our guys that, too, I think it put it into perspective for them. Hey, we learned from it, and now let's go on. Let's be like what La Tech did. La Tech responded by going on and, and winning the division and having an outstanding season after they got thumped by Texas last year. You faced the quarterback in Sam Ellinger that uh, may be the very best quarterback in college football this year yeah he really he really does a very very nice job he's so versatile and he just understands that system and that offense and he's been in it for a long time and he executed he didn't make i don't think he made a mistake tice do you remember him making a bad throw or i didn't make a mistake in the game and how often do you see a quarterback play a whole game and not make a mistake 
As far as Gavin is concerned, uh, his first game on a stage uh, quite like that, how did you think he handled he, himself? He did a lot of positive things. He made a lot of throws that you know showed no matter how fast or intense the competition is, he's got the arm to be able to put balls in spots where defenses can't defend him. And more than anything, he needed that kind of an environment. He needed to put himself in that kind of setting because now as we move back home, I think he'll feel much more comfortable, obviously, in a home game. But then as we move on the road for our next two contests, I think that the setting now he'll be more comfortable of getting us his first start on the road you had some drop balls uh, predictably uh, running the football was a challenge sure i know you talked to your team on monday as you do every monday about the previous week's game and you felt that uh, you probably could have executed a little bit better than you did yeah i thought we could execute much better early in the ball game and that's where where i was disappointed with what we did early on in that ball game we just didn't execute and that was our big goal going in is let's just do what we do and not worry as much about what they're doing and just try to execute at a high level and get and keep the game close and take it into the fourth quarter and when we weren't able to execute on either side of the football that's what kept you know that's what got that game out of hand quickly and then and then it got to the point where we did you know our run game got nullified just because of the fact they started pressuring us every down and we were just throwing the ball you know and and it was good because we did we did get better at passing the football and and um it was kind of the nature of what they were doing that was uh, causing us to throw the football more defensively uh, you gave up a lot of passing yards and much of it was yards after the catch right. and maybe after first contact as well i know you'd like to have tackled a little bit better but again uh, a very fast a very physical team uh texas is uh, among the tops in uh, you know all of fbs uh, college uh, football and uh, you knew again with the limited number of practices you had going into the season that that was going to be a challenge sure that was an issue for us for sure and, and you talked about some of the things that played into that and also we were just a little bit loose in our coverage and our players you know, we were encouraging our corners to get up there, but I think, again, when the score got out of hand a little bit, they were, you know, they started backing off and, and playing off, and what it did, it allowed Texas's receivers to catch the ball with too much space, you know, and if you let a guy get too much space, like you said, too much yards after the catch, too much space in between the time the ball gets to him and you get in a position to tackle him, now he becomes, he goes from a defensive position to an offensive position after the catch, and that that's what was happening, and once, you know, on the perimeter, like that if corners miss tackles then that's going to result in some huge plays and so to me that was more leverage position and how far off the football we are and obviously we're, we've done some things to to get that fixed you know with the players and just getting them to believe because uh, we got you know a lot of talent out there at corner they just kind of play with that confidence about them you know sometimes the numbers can lie a little bit and had i told you going into the game that you'd keep the ball for more than 34 minutes against longhorns you probably would have been happy but uh, again texas scored quickly on a number yeah. of uh, of occasions so obviously that was a bit of a misleading it was stat. it was a bit it was a little bit surprising to me when i looked up at the scoreboard and saw we were headed possession time when they had you know a significant lead in the ball game it was really surprising but they had scored quickly but it also showed that we did some things offensively you know at least it, you know it, it, again we were starting to really you know keep our game plan secure and 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 once the score got out of hand but at least we were able to move the ball we just weren't able to finish drives that's what we didn't do well enough you know we moved the ball and and uh and then we punted eight times and that's too many times to punt you know too so we'd start 
you know, we didn't have many drives where we went three and out. We did early, but then we started establishing some drives where we got, you know, first downs and, but just what, you know, couldn't make that one play here or there to finish a drive and get the ball in the end zone for us. You would hope to get out of uh, Austin uh, well as a football team physically, and unfortunately, uh, you lost your fine senior fullback uh, Forrest McKee to a, a knee injury in that game, and I guess. Uh, that's going to be a forced season, isn't it? It is. And, uh, you know, he had an ACL, MCL on the other leg from the leg that he hurt two years ago uh, in the Louisiana Tech ball game. And so it was very discouraging for us as a football group and, of course, for Forrest. But Forrest has been out, absolutely outstanding, got a lot of votes for a captain for us. He was a huge part of our offense because he was so versatile in what he could do. He gave us the ability to use him as a tight end and a fullback and an H-back and just was running routes extremely well. It got himself into fantastic shape, and he's still there with us, though. I mean, I talked about it the other day is that we were at practice on Tuesday, I think it was, uh, and I hear, or maybe it was Monday right after, you know, he got hurt, and I hear him yelling to the offensive line about their spacing and get proper spacing on a play, and that to me was really cool because he's not back there you know, he is feeling bad. You know, he's feeling horrible, and we're all feeling horrible for him. As bad as he feels, we feel the same for him, and not only for the loss for our football team, but just because it's just so disappointing that he's had to miss his, this season. But um, here there he is leading our team and encouraging guys and doing it in a really positive manner, and so that's really uh, says a lot about Forrest. He's a special, special guy and, and really fun to be around and really brings a lot of positive energy, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, to our football team throughout the season. The best thing about the game, I thought, without question, you've already alluded to it, is the fact that you've got a lot of people on the field on a stage like that, which I think is going to benefit the Miners down the road. Calvin Brownholtz was able to play a quarter and a half at uh, at quarterback. I thought he accorded himself fairly well. I thought he played well. I mean, Calvin didn't make too many mistakes uh, out there and made some good throws and some good timing throws and did a lot of positive things. And again, it, it needs to be understood that Texas was was blitzing us almost every down. It wasn't like they were trying to call off the dogs. They didn't have any of that in them. I think that, you know, right now they're trying to position themselves to get into playoff football and gain confidence in their one game before a Big 12 play. So we saw the all-out pressures throughout the time, even though when we had our twos and threes in there. And Calvin responded extremely well. Um, I, there was just a lot of guys that played extremely well. Ray Flores did an absolutely outstanding job running the football and made some nice runs. And Ray's so solid and so consistent. I just love what he brings to the table. Tyreek James played extremely well in the secondary, did a whole lot of positive things. Blake Thompson's a defensive lineman that played really well, you know, when the game was still uh, you know, early in the game, we got him in there some, and he did some positive things. Some somebody that you wouldn't, you know, expect to to do that. Jerome Wilson got back. You know, Jerome was was a starter, and Tyrese and him were battling for starting spots, and we kind of split them in time just to get Jerome some action. And Jerome played extremely well, and so that gives us even more versatility at our linebacker position, which I'm really you know, pleased about. And then on the offensive line, we got a lot of young offensive oh, yeah. linemen in the game, and they, they held up and did some good things, you know. And 
um, uh, many of them stepped up and made made some you know played some really solid football for us. So as you look back at all those you know guys that contributed and did some things, I was pleased with the effort that we got. Willie Eldridge got his feet wet in the backfield. First uh, college uh, appearance for uh, Willie, and I'm sure it was an eye opener for him. Sure, and he was in there behind the uh, the second string offensive line, and you know what? Not one run play, John, did they hit him with the first tackler. He made a guy miss on every single run, the first guy missed. Oh, his feet were very evident. You could tell. Yeah, we're really excited about him, and he should see some good action this weekend, but he makes people miss, and he's fast, and he's explosive. Well, we commented on the broadcast a couple of times he tried to bounce things outside, and it's it's one thing to do that, and obviously, though, against a, a team as fast and, right. as, and as quick as Texas, uh, that's right. going to be hard to it's do. It's a little bit harder to do, and so it was good for him to get his first playing time against a, that high level of a competition, you know. But again, I thought he did a lot of really good things with, with, with um, what was there in front of him. He made the most out of his opportunity. Miles Banks got his first collegiate yep. catches. Josh Farr got his first collegiate catches. Adam Cousins got his first collegiate catches. Yeah, that's pretty catch. cool. Yeah, and those are some of the guys we're trying to bring along at our backup receiver positions, and they played a significant amount of snaps. I know Miles played 23 snaps in the game, you know, and so he got some good work in and did a lot of positive things. And, again, it's building depth for us because that's going to be very crucial as the season goes along. And Ronald Awat, uh, yeah. reserve running back, also uh, got some work in in that ball game. Sure. And Ronnie, Ronnie, you know, we're looking for Ronnie and Willie to play more this weekend and do some things for us in the backfield. So it was good for them to get, you know, get some work in. Yeah, you talked about uh, – uh, Texas uh, blitzing on on every down. I I think one of the positives of the first two weeks and certainly this Texas game is I think the Miners' pass protection has been pretty good. Yeah, it's through been, the first two games uh, of the season. I think there's been a pocket for your quarterbacks uh, in the drop back game, and I think that your offensive line has done a good job in that regard. I, I feel really good about it, you know, and that's really going to be important moving forward because we know we got some speed at receiver and we know we got arm strength at quarterback, and so we want to get the ball downfield. We feel comfortable that our offensive line can protect. You know, we didn't give up any sacks in the game to Texas, and that's a considering where the game, how the game was, and what kind of score it was. You know, they, they was credited with two sacks, but one of them was uh, a, a penalty on it. You know, where they where they ran get Calvin out of bounds and hit him, and then the other one was a quarterback draw. You know, that we had called. It looked like a quarterback sack, but it was a quarterback draw play. So that that's really good, I think. So I don't know how many we maybe only given up one or two sacks the, uh, so far for the season. So start, like, like you noted, John, I've been happy with our pass protection. I know each and every week you designate uh, quite a few players as the various uh, players of the week, uh, not only the active uh, squad, but the scout squad as well. So who were all the uh, players of the week, the Luke Loffenberg players at, sure. at such uh, the, for, for Texas? Defensively, Keenan Stewart really shined in the ball game, and we really like what Keenan's bringing to the table. He's just very nimble for his size and very, very strong and runs extremely well, and he played a real, real good against Texas's offensive line and did some really neat things. And then defensively, the Luke Award went to Stephen Forrester, who, of course, just exemplifies all the things you want to get out of a player and do you know do the things that you want him to do and so he he got it on on defense and on, on offense we had um, 
uh, Ray Flores, you know, had an outstanding game and was offensive player of the week and did really, really a lot of positive things. And Trent Thompson was also offensive player of the week. And Trent had made a mistake on the first play of the game, and I kind of got on him pretty good on the sidelines. And it was good because what he did is he responded. He responded. Had, yeah, because I know some guys, you get on them on the sidelines, and they and they don't respond, and that's a bad sign as a coach if a guy, if a guy can't take, you know, some positive encouragement on the sidelines. And Trent responded and really had a – you know, one of his best games. Uh, and then the Luke Laufenberg Award winner for that game, you know, for offense went to Forrest, obviously, for, you know, everything he's done for our program and, the you know, obviously what happened to him during the ball game. And then special teams, Angelo Tejada. Uh, long snapper. Long snapper, just, you know, under that freshman, set. And, yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of punt snaps. Field, you know, some uh, two field goal snaps, both of them all on the money. Punt snaps were really good. And, um and then Breon Hayward is our new, you know, Marshall transfer. Marshall that's just linebacker. Linebacker that's doing some outstanding things for us on special teams and on the opening kickoff. He made a touchdown-saving tackle against Jamison, who's such a really explosive player. Had a nice seam, and Breon came from the backside and made a great play. And so he was Luke Laufenberg Award winner, um, and um, really pleased. Uh, with Breon. Breon's going to play more uh, defense this weekend, too, so we're looking for him. He's really starting to step up and do some really good things for us. Speaking of special teams, I know you thought your coverage maybe could have been a little bit better at Texas. Yeah, we we felt like... um, Guys were running past the football too much. Joe had, uh, you know, pointed that out to him, and so we spent a lot of time this week on talking about how we can do a better job of squeezing the net to the football and not running by, and all of us rallying to the ball on cover units because, of course, we went against some of the best, you know, return game in the country there. Uh, they were known for it last year, and I think it's improved this year. And so we, again, we learned that was a good learning experience for us. It didn't show up, but it was real close to showing up in the game where they could have got some long returns they got the one where they blocked Willie Eldridge in the back you know and clipped him and it was an obvious block in the back but where were you know the other guys should have been squeezing to the football too like Willie did and so uh, and on kickoff we had a lot of guys just running past the football you know instead of squeezing to the ball and so great learning for us I think sometimes when a game gets out of hand like that I think the guys in the stripes who don't get me wrong they do a good job but right. I, I think they get a little sleepy yeah sometimes and they want to the game to just move along sure sometimes they let some things go don't they yeah they do they do but um all in all you know i thought they did a good job um you know officiating that ball game i thought it was fairly officiated and didn't have any issues with that part of it at all you know it's good to to, uh you know feel like you know everything went well that way we didn't feel like we got any you know favor you know favoritism played to the big 12 or anything like that i think they called a fair game you know, as long as we're on uh, special teams, I wish fans could all have the opportunity to come out and watch the Miners practice at some point uh, during any given week and see the emphasis that you and the staff puts on special teams and all the good work that your special teams coach, Joe Robinson, who's got a ton of experience doing that stuff, uh, the, the work that he puts in. Yeah, it's really a work. It's really yeah. fun to watch it all Put, be put together and you know we got our young graduate assistant coaches that have to really do a nice job uh, of running that scout team and all three of those guys are doing a really good job they're all you know two of them are new you know uh, Brandon Jones and Jake Samet and then Metsy of course is a holdover and those three guys got their hands full running special teams you know it's not an easy thing to do all that responsibility on them and they're really getting the scout team looking good for Joe and that's a crucial part and I think our players you know I was just watching our players work today 
Tasha, it's so funny that you noted I'm watching all of our guys that are giving us looks, you know, uh, on the scout teams or whatever you might call those teams and special teams. I'm like, God, these guys are working hard and flying around and doing things just to help our football team. And it was really encouraging to me to see guys caring like that and giving themselves up for the team and understanding that that's a role in life everybody has to understand is that it's all about what you do for your organization that's important and put your organization ahead of everything and that's how you're successful in this in this world and i think you know some of our guys are really getting to understand that that's one of the secret sauces well everything the miners do in practice is on video and the coaches look at every bit of it and you can make a name and a reputation for yourself based on what you do on the practice field on special teams, particularly if you're a young player. Absolutely, and what you do on the on the special teams looks. You know, I've had three players come to me this week, and, and this is just says a lot. Three different players have come to me this week and say, Coach, how can I get on special teams? I really want to help. And they said, I've busted my butt and done a really good job on the look teams, and they have, you know, and so that's really good that they understand that you know how to contribute to this team in any way they can and want to be on our special teams and want to be a part of it and those are the guys that you love you know you don't like the guys that think special teams is a burden because i guarantee you if any of these guys want to go on and play in the nfl which a lot of them do the first thing you better be is a darn good special teams player you know what i mean if you're not you better be a quarterback or an offensive lineman if you're not and maybe a defensive line but if you're in any other position you better be able to play some special teams Bottom line on the Texas scheme, it's stung in the moment, but now it's over. you got to put it behind you and just move on with the rest of your year. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it, and uh, that's what we're in. But you know what? We learned from it, and I, I see an edge to us in practice this week because we have a lot of competitive guys. I mean, we got competitive, very competitive guys. Uh, on our defense, we got competitive guys on our offense that aren't excited, you know, aren't happy, and uh, and are looking to try to go out and play a really good ball game this weekend. Again, if you've got a question or a comment for Coach Dimmel and want to tweet the show, it's at UTEP Minor Voice, or pick up the phone at eight eight zero five seven six three. We'll take a timeout. We come back. It's the Marathon Petroleum Scouting Report as we look ahead to the Miners and the Wildcats of Abilene Christian, this Saturday's opponent in the Sun Bowl Stadium. UTEP football with Dana Dimmel presented by Coors Light from the Larry K. Durham Center. We'll be back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. We're talking UTEP football with Dana Dimmel, 600 ESPN El Paso. Coors Light is an official sponsor of the UTEP Miners 2020. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, celebrate responsibly. The Miners and the Wildcats of Abilene Christian University, our second straight uh, Southland Conference foe to open the uh, home season following uh, Stephen F. Austin. 7 o'clock uh, this Saturday night in the Sun Bowl Stadium. Remember to get your tickets in advance. 915-747-UTEP. UTEPminers.com slash tickets or tickets at utep.edu. Don't forget the clear bags. Don't forget to bring your face masks along. Social distancing in the Sun Bowl <coughs> Stadium this Saturday. The uh, parking lots open at 4 p.m. as do the north and south end zone box offices. The gates open at 5. Our coverage begins at 6 right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Time now for the uh, Marathon Petroleum uh, Scouting Report as we look at the Miners and the uh, Wildcats of Abilene Christian. And the first thing that struck me, their head coach, uh, Adam Dorrell. Adam is now in his, uh, I think he's in his uh, fourth year at uh, Abilene Christian. Previously, he was the head coach at Northwest Missouri State, 
and he guided that program to three Division II national championships. Now, I just assumed, since Missouri is in close proximity to Kansas, that you probably knew Doral uh, rather well, but you don't. No, we don't. I mean, I know of him, and I know the great job that he's done there, you know, at, at uh, what he did there at Northwest Missouri and the, and the tradition that they've built there. And you can see it with his teams that he has here at Abilene Christian. His teams, you just look at them and you're like, this this ball club's well coached. This ball club knows what they're doing. And, um, you know, they don't try to do too many crazy things on defense. I think they're really well coached on defense. And and uh, you can tell that they're they're organized and detailed with what they do. And and fundamentally sound defensively, so that part of it you can see that his that uh, and then offensively, you know, they do. Obviously, they'll have a new identity now with their two new quarterbacks, uh, with what they're doing there. And then special teams, they're really, you know, they're very very solid. Joe Robinson and I had a good long detailed uh, conversation about them today, uh, special teams wise, and they just do a nice job, just very fundamentally sound on their on their special teams as well. You know, for the third straight week for the Miners. You're playing a team that's opening its season, which may be a first for anybody playing college football. So for you and your staff, although obviously their staff has been there, it still is a bit of a guessing game in terms of their personnel and yeah. any wrinkles they might yeah. put in that obviously you have no video of. No, and last night I was at home uh, going back into you know, some of the more, you know, deeper into the game film to try to find some personnel more on some of their defensive personnel, you know, and again, some of their offensive personnel. And again, you know, I'll probably in the next, you know, 24 hours do some more detailed study on trying to find some more film footage on their quarterback transfer from Iowa, you know, and trying to find, do some more research on him because obviously he didn't play a lot at Iowa. And so we'll have to go back. What we'll do is go back and watch his huddle tape in high school and do, I mean, that's how deep we'll go back into study and, you know, what, what, what he can bring to the table. Yeah, it's actually a two-headed monster, we think, at uh, quarterback. <clears throat> Peyton Mansell is whom you're talking about, uh, transfer from the University of Iowa. And Samaj Davis is a dual threat uh, quarterback. He rushed for over 600 yards a year ago yeah. uh, and from what we understand uh, Mansell is mobile as well yeah yeah they kind of feel like they're both dual threat guys and so we got to be prepared for both of them to to run the football and obviously we spent a lot of time on on stopping the quarterback run this week you know that's a big part going to be a big part of this ball game is being aware of that and being alert to it with both those quarterbacks Kobe Clark is a junior receiver not a big guy only 5'10 he caught 87 passes a year ago, which was a school record, but averaged well under 10 yards a catch. How do they like to get him the football? Many different ways. I mean, they're very diverse in how they get the football to him. You know, they, they're obviously trying to, to move the pocket and get the ball out of their hands pretty quickly, and so that's what they did a lot with him, you know, different type of uh, – angles they try to create in the passing game with their short throws and that's why you know he had so many catches but obviously you know not a ton of yards on the catches but again really quick shifty uh receiver knows the offense really well and they just get him the ball in a lot of different spots you know all the different spots he catches the ball on a hit chart it's a, it's a bunch of different areas they've got a quite a few uh, division one bounce back players fbs bounce back players one of those their tight end uh, Brandon Hohenstein who started his career at uh, Nebraska caught 27 passes uh, last year and he's a big guy good player 
Yeah, he's a good player, athletic, and, and does a really nice job with him. They flex him out a lot and get him the ball out in space, and I think he's a, he's a fine, fine football player for sure. What, what do you know about their backs? Uh, they list uh, their two deep, uh, Tyrese uh, White, uh, yep. last year averaged uh, five and a half yards per carry, averaged nearly eight yards per carry a couple of years ago, so that tells you yeah, a lot. Yeah, he's got some ability. I think last year they had three really good running backs, and and uh, one of them graduated, and the other one is hurt, not going to be able to play this week in our ball game. And uh, and so uh, Tyrese is a is a is a really good player. So he didn't get as many touches as he might, but now this is his year uh, to shine. And I know they're high on the freshman Dobbins too. They think he's very fast and can add a lot to the offense as well. Well coached, but they do a lot of different things that makes them uh, difficult to prepare for. Yeah, and offensively they do offensive they do a lot of different things. Uh, out of out of what we call muddle huddle set, you know they'll line up and then jump to the football and do some some a lot of different gadgets and gimmicks gimmicky stuff, you know on offense. That's a lot what they're about on offense uh, is trying to you know line up in, in muddle huddle and do a bunch of different you know nuances and gimmicky type of football plays out of it. Both Stephen F. Austin to some extent and certainly Texas last week tried to tempo. The miners is is it kind of the same thing we'll see this week? Are yeah, they, I mean, are they going to snap the football rapidly? Yeah, there's some as they come up, they get out lined up right away and then try to snap the football real quickly too as well. That's a part of the offense as well. That's challenging. You get ready for it sure, absolutely. It always is. Yeah, it's very challenging to get ready for for uh, any time anybody does that style of offense. You know, obviously an advantage for them in that they've had the entire their entire preseason to get ready for their season-opening opponent, UTEP. But then right. again, the advantage you have is you've got two games of experience. Right, so it, there's a real, it's real interesting, you know, the pros and cons of both sides of it. Obviously, we've been able to play two games, which is very, very important to iron some of the kinks out for our football team, and obviously that's been really good for us. And then for them, like you said, they've just been able to focus on the minors and watch game one of our game, you know, make tweaks to their game plan, then watch game two and make tweaks to their game plan. So there's obviously an advantage for them and their preparation for us. They've got to spend, you know, almost like a bowl prep on us or even longer than a bowl prep on getting ready for us. And so for us, we've just, you know, had to switch gears after getting ready for our first two opponents and only have a week's time to get ready for them. So that's that's where the advantage lies back in their court as far as, you know, having all this time to prepare for us. But then again, like we talked about, we have the advantage of playing two games under our belt, which is always really good because you should keep improving each and every ball game. Sal, is our caller still hanging in there? Huh? All right, let's go to the uh, phones. Uh, welcome to UTEP Football with uh, Dana Dimmel. Good afternoon. Hey, Coach. Hey, John. How are you both? Good. Thanks for hanging in with us. Hey, Coach. Um, I just wanted to touch on a few things. This is more particularly based off of what we saw in the first game. Um, very impressed, very very happy uh, with the ability that we have uh, with Hardison. I feel like he's able to throw the ball in rhythm. I feel like he's able to connect with with receivers that particularly uh, have the ability to go up and catch the ball and uh, and even get yards after they catch the ball, which is which is great. Um, also happy too about our running game. This question is more about the offense when we get into the red zone. Are we going to be able to open up the playbook a little bit more? I feel like teams really zone in when we just run the ball straight up the middle and they know where we're going. Is there is there any options for? Hardison to roll out and throw the ball in rhythm to maybe a tight end to a wide receiver or um, anything like that when we get into the red zone. I, I, feel, I feel like we could have scored at least 
10 to 14 more points in that first game. And uh, just maybe talk about keeping the defense on their heels when we get into that area and we're getting ready to potentially put up some points. Yeah, I think we got to improve on our red zone offense for sure. You know, I really think it's funny as we go into this ball game. I was just thinking about we got to be, you know, really good when we get inside the red zone and get touchdowns on the board as much as possible down there. That's the key in every ball game, you know, to get seven on the board, you know. And um, obviously with our personnel, I think it would behoove us to you know, use our personnel more down there in the red zone and try to take advantage of some of the things that we can do uh, with some of the the assets that you just talked about. Yeah, so to be more diverse down there, you know, uh, is obviously going to be important for us, especially as we move into league play and we get into games that, you know, uh, obviously every game for us is going to be really, really close and and tight, and so it's going to be important for us to get touchdowns down there. So, you know, spreading it out, you know, maybe running some screen game and and uh, throwing some of our quick three-step stuff or things that get you into second and fours and allow you to have a lot more, you know, versatility to what you're doing, you know. So being really good on first downs, and if some of that includes throwing the ball, I think that'll be a real positive. You know, it's funny, Trent Thompson is a really good we think Trent Thompson, our tight end, is a really good pass catcher. You know, we really do. And so we want to try to get him, you know, more and more involved in our passing game as the, as the season moves along as well as, long as, as, well as our receiver. So, um, yeah, I think it would set people down, you know, back a little bit if we were a little bit, uh, you know, more averse at throwing the football in the red zone. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it at 880-KROD or on Twitter at uh, UTEP Minor Voice. The uh, Wildcats – defensively what do they do defensively they're an even front team which will be the third week we face an even front team they're a cover four team they will play some cover one uh as well they like to bring outside pressures as their big pressures they like to bring double edge pressure that's their you know number one pressure or they'll bring an edge pressure off each side uh very you know fundamentally sound i don't think they live and die by their pressures you know they like to play more base football and coached really well with what they do and so um I, I just think that they that's the side of the ball I think is just really disciplined and coached really well and they do a really nice job with it. So it'll be um you know, they have a really good linebacker. Jack Gibbons. Yeah, coming back who I think's an outstanding player from Bolvardi Bolverde, Texas. And uh, you know, he's a guy that we would love to have. You know, I, I look at him, he's six four, two forty can run plays physical you know so they got they got some good talent you know and he's a guy that i think kind of is the highlight uh, of their defense right now they've got a kid named ryan stapp who's a sophomore on the corner who is a true freshman last year not only uh, made some plays led the team with three interceptions but averaged nearly 25 yards in, in kick returns yeah he plays with a high motor i've really watched him he's a real high energy real quick-footed player and does you know does a lot of good things for them uh with his versatility like you talked about but also just as a cover guy in the secondary i think he's a good player grew up in college station in the uh, sure. shadows of uh, texas yeah. m m university that probably explains the motor doesn't it? yeah exactly yeah he does he's kind of just grew up in the game you can see it around the game a little bit and i just like the energy that he plays with he definitely brings a lot to their football team you know again with the texas scheme 
team behind us and looking ahead to this week's game and the rest of the schedule, uh, you know, again, if the Miners do what they need to do, there's no reason why you can't play uh, competitive football in the remainder of this uh, 2020 football season. I like our team, John. I really do like our football team. And if we can just stay healthy, I just think our team's going to continue to get better and better. I just like our athleticism. I was just, I brought a couple of our. Uh, you know, SAC committee members over during practice to talk to them about anything that they wanted to address the team about. And the two of them stood next to me, Gary Theard and Jerome Wilson, and they're both 6'3", 235-pound linebackers, just super intelligent, great-looking kids. And I just look around them, just the comparison of how much more athletic we look right now to, you know, where we have been in the past is really encouraging to me. And now it's just these guys just learning how to take all this athleticism and play the game. You know, Theard and Tyrese Knight in particular, two kids you brought into the linebacking position from the junior college ranks this offseason. Physically, just physically speaking, it's been a long time since UTEP has had kids at that position that look the way those two kids do. And you add in Jerome Wilson Jr., as you mentioned, whom you recruited and brought in as a freshman last year. Those are exceptional kids physically. Physically, they just look the part. And I'm just really excited about the future of those guys and what they can do. And and then, uh, you know, Breon Hayward's the the grad transfer. There's another one. Another one that really looks apart. So when we take the field, we're 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 really starting to look like a football team now, and and uh, and that's the first step. You gotta have you gotta have the athletes before you do anything. And so I'm really looking for these guys to just keep improving. You know, Davion Inyang had an interception today. Tyce, you saw him at practice. How fast that guy can run. I mean, you saw him streaking down the sidelines. Uh, he's super fast in the secondary, you know, and uh, he's really just starting to come into his own as a player. So. Um, we got some new guys in D- Deshaun Trotter and Quayshon Chisholm that now are starting to get more and more versed into the system. Some safeties that I know are going to help us as the season goes along too. So our athleticism as a football team is just so much better. Now we just got to continue to play with it. All right, we're going to take another time out. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll certainly take more of your questions and comments if you'd like to pass them along. At UTEP Minor Voice on Twitter, 880-5763 is the number to call. Presented by Coors Light, it's UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center on 600 ESPN El Paso. Every Wednesday, 6 to 7, it's UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel on 600 ESPN El Paso. We're presented by Coors Light, and Oscar Arrieta's Allstate Agency is another proud hometown, locally owned agency with 22 years experience and five locations to serve you in El Paso County. Oscar Arrieta's Allstate Agency is also a proud sponsor of the Miners, and you know Miners are in good hands with Allstate. We've talked about uh, this Saturday's game uh, against uh, Abilene Christian and how you can get your tickets, and UTEP now is also with five home games remaining offering a five-game season ticket and a three-game mini-plan for the remaining uh, minor home games. The five-game season ticket packages start as low as fifty-two fifty per ticket, and the three-game mini-plans range from 30 to $54. For more information or to purchase your five-game season ticket or three-game mini-plan, ticket visit utepminers.com slash tickets call 915-747-UTEP or email tickets at utep.edu and by the way if you've got any questions about any of the game day procedures in 2020 go online to utepminers.com slash game day and your game day guide will be there to answer every one of your questions again uh, the uh, parking lots 
and the north and south end zone box offices open at 4. That's three hours before kickoff uh, this Saturday. And uh, then at 5 o'clock, the gates will open. We're on the air at 6, Mike Perez and I, with a Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff show, the Miners and the uh, Wildcats of uh, Abilene Christian. With Forrest McKee going down, obviously it's a next man up type scenario. And a young man by the name of Michael Young was working with the uh, Miners offensively, uh, along with James Tupo at uh, fullback the last couple of days. Yeah, uh, James, you know, of course, has been him and Forrest kind of rotating, and James is a real hard-hitting fullback that we think is a really, really good player at that position, and we're excited about him. But, you know, there's times in games where we'll use two fullbacks out there, and so Michaels has to step up and and, and do some nice things, and we feel like he's on the verge of doing that. You know, he's uh, not the tallest guy in stature, but he's built like a, you know, he's really getting his back and his legs really big and strong, and he's a really, he's not afraid of anything and he's really eager to learn and and coach waters has done a really nice job of coach waters has got his hands full because we got some young guys that really need to step up and michael's one of them you know and so michael's um uh really working to 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 learn the offense fast but we feel like he's got a good future for us so we're excited about what he brings to the table you know one thing we've seen at uh, quarterback uh, thus far this season and you don't see it very often is not just one and two, but three quarterbacks getting a lot of work in practice. Isaiah Bravo got his feet wet yeah. at uh, at Texas on Saturday, but because of the nature of this season, uh, you've got to be ready with kids everywhere, don't yeah, you, all you, over the field. You do, and you really sometimes worry that three quarterbacks is enough, right? Sure. And Isaiah's getting reps, and Isaiah got in the game and did some good things. I thought that was great for him to get in there and play against Texas. How exciting. But, you know, I got to uh, go out and see Isaiah, and, you know, Isaiah's got a good, strong arm, and he can run. He's got himself into really good shape. He can run. He's a smart kid. He's got, he can help us, you know, and he is helping us, and he's getting better all the time, too. So I feel good about all three of those quarterbacks and what, you know, we got the, we got three that we feel comfortable about. I did a picks up podcast uh, this afternoon. It'll drop tomorrow on uh, utepminers.com and on uh, Spotify with, uh, with Gavin Hardison. We had a good half hour chat, and he talked about how close that uh, he is with, with Calvin and, and with, uh, with Isaiah in particular in that minor quarterback room. Oh, yeah, they have a great time together, and they're just all football all day long, right? I mean, that's what they do. That's, uh, you know, they're at home and they're talking to each other about football. That's their, that's their life, you know, because they're all really good students, so I don't worry about any of them with their academics. They're all really very competitive motivated players all three of them are and that's the part i like about them all and they're good positive guys to have on our football team josh sloan punted only uh, once in the opener against uh, Stephen f austin but he made up for it <laughs> punting uh, eight times uh, yeah. in the uh, loss last week at uh, texas uh, what did you think what you saw from him he did a good job and he's raw talent he's so talented and joe's just starting to use some of that talent that he has and now he's trying to fine-tune his fundamentals and cross-checking you know what did you do i know joe and i were talking about one of his kicks today and he said well coach he told joe rob and joe rob related to me this is what i did all the time in australian leagues football this was my favorite kick this kick in particular whatever kick we might be working on and uh, joe's like he's really good at that one because he did it all the time in football so it's funny you know he's already got all this experience playing professionally and kicking you know whatever they kick over there in australia whatever type of ball it is that they kick but kicking's a big part of their football game there. 
you know, it's kind of an unusual motion when it comes off his foot. It kind yes. of end over end. It kind yeah. of tumbles. He, he has the ability to tumble the ball, and he's got a really nice ability to pooch punt. You know, when his balls hit the ground, they spin backwards, which not, is not always a positive, but it is in the pooch game. You know, but he's also working, which they didn't do a whole lot on, on creating overspin on his kicks because a lot of times it kicks or passes there, I guess, is what was getting explained to me. So you want the ball to land soft and feathery to your to the guy you're passing it to where so now we're working more on getting his balls to tumble forward as well when he's kicking when he wants to put some distance but he's got a huge hang time too he can really hang the pun if he needs to you know again it's it's fascinating and i talked to him a little bit and he was talking about playing australian rules football and and he said he got almost to the level of the top level of australian rules football he he wasn't quite good enough there but they saw enough in him to put him in the college football punter. <laughs> Whatever that uh, may be. Yeah, yeah. A program, development program yeah. and such. And I, I'm, I'm wondering how they, you know, how they teach these kids and what the differences are. Yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of fascinating, yeah. isn't it? And when Joe and I watched the tape of him punting, we watched it and we're like, wow, look at this guy, boom, the football, you know. And uh, we were right, you know. So it's nice to be able to watch film. And, and even from however many miles away that might be, and to see a talent, and then he gets here, and he's just as talented as you were hoping. I wonder if his family watches those games online. You know, I talked to him a little bit about his dad. You know, I talked to him about his dad making sure when he came into town to bring me some meat from his uh, from his butcher stores. You know, kangaroo from his, from his meat. Kangaroo? I'm not sure about huh? kangaroo. <laughs> But uh, I said that when your dad comes to town, he's going to have to bring some for me. So I'm working that with Josh right now. So, yep. All I'm right. not sure if they've been able to see the games. I hope they probably have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably live streaming the goes it, anywhere. The way it anymore. is, to, the way yeah. it is today. Yeah, yeah. You can watch any or listen for that matter to us Absolutely. anywhere in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our final time out. We'll be back with some uh, closing words as we roll on in another edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel, presented by Coors Light. Back to the Larry K. Durham Center on a moment on 600 ESPN El Paso. UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. And we're back for our final segment of the show in advance of the Miners and the Abilene Christian Wildcats. More purple this coming uh, Saturday night in the uh, Sun Bowl Stadium. Again, our airtime, uh, 6 p.m. If you're coming to the game, bring your listening devices along, and we'll have it for you, starting with the Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff show right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. Well, what are you looking to see Saturday uh, from your team in terms of a uh, bounce back and uh, as we get uh, the start of the rest of the season underway? Well, we have a big challenge, uh, Ty, just as you talked about, to try to get our program to 2-1, and one, and uh, it would be a big stepping stone for Absolutely. the whole UTEP minor uh organization because as you said it's been a long time you know and um it would just be get us our season start off on a good note and this is going to be a tremendous test for us again they they're a well-coached team they had a lot of success last year did you know played very competitive uh against a lot of people and uh you know their two quarterback system i think is a really good you know i'm just I just think that they, they 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 do a nice job. The running quarterback does a nice job. He's a good player, and and uh, you know they'll be ready to play. They've had a ton of time to prepare for us, so they got a huge game plan on us. Every tendency probably imaginable they know, 
and uh, we got to use that to our advantage as well as a negative by making sure we you know break tendencies and we've been working a lot on showing tendencies that you know might not be what we're going to do you know and so um that's a huge part of this ball game but we got to go out and play really good football to get a win this weekend i know you'd like to start a little bit faster than you have yes. in the season's first two games obviously last week got hit on the first play from scrimmage and yeah. didn't start particularly well against Stephen f austin either no and i think it'll be important for us because when you start well then momentum feeds off that you can start really dialing up some plays both sides of the football and get more confidence in what you're doing. And, you know, we saw that when we got the lead and Stephen F. and really started to control the game after we got the lead. And so we need to start try to come out and really play with some quick energy and play efficient, just play good football early. You know, there's not any secret ingredients. I know one time at K-State – we had started off slow, had been starting off slow, and Coach was trying everything. He was reversing practice, and he was ha- having us run out on the field to start, uh, a pr- you know, stop a practice, run out on the you know, just all kind of things. And really, it's just coming out with a great focus and mindset and getting yourself, you know, to function at a high level right off the get-go. Do you reward some of the kids who got some second-half action at uh, Texas last week and performed well with with more game time and more reps this week? Oh, absolutely. There will always be a reward for guys that step up and do good things because that's how we build the depth, and I'm and we're definitely trying to build depth on our football team right now. Well, it should be fun. It should be a beautiful night, and uh, we look forward to the Miners uh, winning their first two home games, possibly for the first time in a decade, and that would certainly uh, be progress. Uh, Dem, again, always enjoy talking UTEP football with you. Thank you so much, and uh, all the best of luck to the Miners. Uh, play well Saturday night against the Wildcats here in the Sun Bowl. Thanks, Tice. Great work with you and congratulations to cap on 25 years what absolutely a great, uh, great honor absolutely thank you so much for joining us hope you enjoyed it we'll see you in the sun bowl saturday night and then next wednesday night on another edition of utep football with dana Dimmel.